Boy, we had quite the little weather shift over the last 24 to 48 hours, did we not? It felt so good coming into work this morning. I was. Oh, my goodness. It was wild. Uh, here is what Dr. Kevin Clazel sent us this morning just to kind of prepare you for the weekend. Uh, cooler temps throughout the day and gusty north winds at up to 28 miles an hour. So, chilly. Still expect rain showers in the area this afternoon and evening. Most of those will be across the southern half of Oklahoma, but a few likely make it to Norman. Isolated lightning strikes are possible with the strongest showers. Keep the rain plans in your front pocket today. Ooh, I wonder what that means for softball tonight. I hope they're not. Oh, no. I didn't even think about that. It's going to be chilly out there. Do we have a Saturday forecast yet? You know, he sent the Saturday for For Saturday, pleasant fall conditions, uh, 62 for the high in the afternoon, 56 by kickoff. It will be 49 degrees by the end of the game, so make sure you got your hoodie ready. But winds southeast at 10 miles per hour with no Rain expected. Sounds like, uh, yes, a pleasant fall evening. I was listening to the Great Jam November Rain last night. I was like, ah, no- it's November. It's November. But we may get some of that November rain coming up a little bit later Guns on Guns and show. Roses? Gino- Very good. Very good. No better rock video moment than whenever Slash comes walking up. Steps I've, on the I've piano. I've heard you say this before, but carry on. And I still, I started to tweet this last night because my daughter, uh, we have a, you know, we have three pigs now, Josh. Not one, but three. We are, we are the proud owner of three pigs. So my daughter, <laughs> Gary laughs as he comes in. My daughter comes uh, rolling in and she goes, pick out a couple songs, Dad. And November Rain came up. So we listened to some GNR last night. But I will say the most unanswered question is, how did why did Axel's girlfriend slash wife die? What happened? She's she's celebrating their wedding, and then the next thing you know, it's her funeral. Was it because they were out in the rain? I don't know. Life's short, man. It's precious. I'm sorry, Gary. We're really doing a show here. I apologize. Gary Cavins joins us. <laughs> sorry. Uh, my apologies. I uh, love it. Yeah, well, these are the mysteries that bother me, right? They're That's fine. Right. They're celebrating their wedding, and the next thing you know, she's dead. Makes no sense. Uh, how are things rolling here at Cavens, man? It's getting a little chilly out there. It is getting a little chilly. I walked out of the house, wasn't prepared today. I had to run home and get a jacket. <laughs> I, I, I was prepared. I was prepared, but then I left it all in the car. So I came racing in here to take care of everything. 13 years in business. We spend every Thursday here. We've seen the adjustment that you've made to a uh, disaster response group because you've seen that need and you saw that need in the community, didn't you? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's, it's something that, you know, that really intrigued me and fascinated me. And so I wanted to move forward and look at it and, um, go through the training and development. And, you know, like I, like I always say, we're always training and we're always developing and there's this industry is always changing. You know, we went to this year alone, we've started fire testing, which is new, uh, you know, smoke testing, ash shit, uh, how it's affecting your property from wildfires and uh, from fires next door or fires in your in your home to go into uh, mold-free construction now where we're looking at making sure your commercial building or your residential house is not 
you know, as the installing insulation and sheetrock after it's water tighted, um, they're not locking mold into the wall cavities. Uh, so, you know, we're, the industry is always changing. We're always taking classes. We're always going to seminars. We're traveling all over the U.S. to try to continue to develop and make sure that we're on the cutting edge of the technology, the testing, um, and the training in this um, in this field. We've actually developed a new – we actually built out – we have an upstairs to our office, and we actually – it was a two offices and a file room, and we tore out the wall between the two offices and turned it into a training room. Mm. Where we now, so now we have a training room upstairs. It's oh, up. nice. We have, uh, we have a couple of different trainers, one that specializes in mold um, that's uh, up in Pennsylvania, and then one that specializes in um, water that's in Georgia that come in twice a week. We do lunch and learns with our team, and uh, twice a week they come in and they do um, – they webcam in and do training with us. So we're always we're always dr- developing and training uh, to the, be the best we can be, um, and uh, you know that's our, that's our goal here at Cavens. Well, and maybe that speaks to a bigger, more challenging uh, position for you to stay up to date because it seems. Let's just talk specifically about mold testing and mold removal. I feel like it's become such an important issue in homes and businesses and buildings, just to put it as simple as I can, that we're constantly evolving in the best ways to treat it, to remove it, to remediate it. How much have you seen change in that world just in better understanding how to get rid of it, Gary? Like you joked, I'll just pour some bleach on it. Well, no, we quickly learned that ain't it, and that's not going to be it. It seems as if it's uh, an area where there's constant evolution in the best ways to treat it. A hundred percent. We're seeing a lot of changes in the mold. Um there's there's you know the basic the basic steps of mold are if you have mold it has to be removed to get rid of it permanently Um, that's the only thing you can do there's no magic uh, chemical you can spray on it or anything like that you have to physically remove it and then you have to treat the surfaces Mm -hmm. that it affected um, with a chemical and then you have to clean and then you have to have testing to make sure that it's gone and it's not coming back and you know this is something where you know for a long time environmental law has been oil filled mm-hmm. it's been oil spills oil stuff all kinds of oil stuff well now there's a new breed of lawyers coming out that are environmental lawyers that are not just oil filled they're mold they're you know they're dealing with mold they're dealing with water they're dealing with environmental health and safety issues of people that are at work in your workplace in your building you owned uh, tenants for the apartment complex you own and um, stuff like that so there's a new deal out there in you know mold laws a big deal right now and it you know there's a lot of I mean you can if you know that there's mold and you have people living in that space and you own that property you're liable right and it could cost you some money if you don't get on top of it and deal with it so if you do see mold mm-hmm. you need to call and have somebody investigate it and figure out what's going on so you don't come financially liable on the back end so at 405-573-3048 I I hear that and immediately I think of as say a a landlord, you know, a lot of people in their lives see an investment in property, right? It, it, they they see that as a way when their when their career's over and whatever they do, they're going to go out and they're going to buy homes and they're going to try to rent them and flip them. 
if I'm one of these people that feels like that's my future and I've bought these properties, I think you're my first call because I want to investigate and make sure that I'm not liable for anything. A hundred percent. And right. Chris, let me tell you a quick story because I know we're limited on time and stuff. But when I bought this building, there was another building three or four doors down. We won't say the address. Okay. But it was bigger. And I was really pumped about it because I knew we were going to continue to grow and I wanted a bigger building. Mm-hmm. The problem with the building was it was full of mold. Yeah. Full of mold. And um, when we talked to, you know, started talking, price, negotiating price and everything, um, we talked about that. And the landlord that owned the building at the time didn't want to do anything about it. Well, the funny story is, Chris, he went in and he painted all the walls and covered up all the mold and didn't remove any of the mold and then sold that building and sold it for quite a bit of price. So where that's, where I'm going with this story is when you're buying a property, you get a home inspection or you get a building inspection, it might be a good idea to get a mold inspection mm. too just to cover because the last thing you want to do is buy a building that's full of mold. I agree. I agree. We had a – because I'm not a manly man – we had a, a, a guy that had come, and they were fixing, I think it was like a, a, a vent in our house. See, I don't even know what it was. And he he was saying, hey, you guys are in good shape. Because we were a little bit worried. There was an area that, you know, he saw something, but he's like, it's it's okay over there. But I'm following up. I'm not going to risk anything in my home. I'm going to call you. and I'm going to say, hey, come test this. Let's make sure. Because I buddy of mine up in Tulsa, Rob, I mean, he, he just saw one little thing. He's like, I think I got a problem here. They called, and they did. And they were able to get it taken care of. But it became a massive, unfortunate undertaking for him and his family that ends up, yeah, you have insurance, right? But you, you want to make sure that your family's healthy. That's right. You want to make sure your family's healthy. And I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a house and the parents of the kids have said, hey, my kids developed asthma since we've been in this house. They've developed some health issues. They're missing right. school. Um, and sure enough, we get in there and we start testing it. And there's mold issues going on in the kid's bedroom. Um, you know, they're either roof leaks or water intrusion and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, it, it's it happens. It does. And mold is not going anywhere. It's going to be here for it's been it's going to be here for a long time. And something that we're seeing a lot of now, and that's why we've kind of gone into the mold-free construction um, inve- uh, investigations, consulting, and uh, treating, is because uh, we're seeing it a lot in new properties, mm-hmm. um, which properties that honestly shouldn't have it but they do we're seeing it a lot in six month old year old two year old homes and businesses that shouldn't have it Um, and part of the problem that reason that they have it is you know water's intruding into the the building because it wasn't necessarily built properly Um, and then um, there was pre-existing mold on the wood structure and then that water gets with that pre-existing mold starts growing on the back of insulation it starts growing on the back of the sheetrock and then it starts growing through uh, the baseboard and you start seeing it around the bottom of the walls and everything Um, and that you know that's what you don't want because it affects the health and safety of your employees your tenants and your family. So, you know, we've talked a lot about mold. Mold's big. We're getting into water. You know, if you have broken water pipes or anything like that, you need to call a professional like Cavens to come in, get the water out, structurally dry um, the property, because if you don't, then you walk into this mold thing. Um, And, you know, the, the big thing that we have coming out here on our Facebook page here new. If you don't like our, if you haven't liked our Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter, get on there and like it because I've been working with um, the Perry and his team at Sports Talk 
uh, KREF, mm-hmm. to uh, get everything. We're starting a new video series oh, talking cool. about the technology that we use at Cavens because we use a lot of really good technology to do a lot of really different things. And so we're going to kind of go into that, show what we use and what it's used for. But, you know, when it comes to water investigation, we have thermal imaging. Uh, we have moisture meters. We have just uh, all kinds of different devices we use mm-hmm. uh, to make sure the property is dried out properly so it doesn't become a mold issue. Um, and, it, and it's, it's uh, you know, these will be great little, uh, they're 15 to 20 second little clips about what the technology we use. You can find Cavens Group everywhere, social media. And that's how you find it, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Cavens Group. Before I let you go, um, you, you mentioned it, uh, mold-free construction, which is new, the water extraction. But the investment you've made in equipment has been massive because you want to make sure you do it right, you do it right the first time, and then that way the homeowner business owner can get back up and running as a business, get back home for a family. Yeah, it's important to me. It's important to me because, you know, we got to have the best technology and we have to have the best training. And I pride uh, myself on making sure that this company and its employees have the best training in the state of Oklahoma, if not the region, and the best uh, technology to do the job. If there's a new piece of equipment comes out that's going to be better for our customers and better for us, we make the investment in it and we make sure that we have it so that we can do it because we we really are uh, trying to be the elite team when it comes to disaster response, water, fire, mold, storm damage, crime scene cleanup, uh, emergency board up in the state of Oklahoma. You're the man. Anything else we missed out? We good? No, we're good. All right, beautiful. That's Gary Cavins. Cavins Emergency Response Group. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. The ref is on the road on a Thursday. Your text and what we learned from Coach's Corner right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I got my Washington Warrior playoff preview for 2A, Josh. I'm ready to go. How you feeling about tomorrow night, Norman North and Edmund North? We'll have that game for you starting at 7 p.m. on krefsports.tv. Our high school playoff coverage actually kicks off tonight. Broken Arrow versus Norman. That'll be at 7 p.m. I got uh, my man Chris Wilkerson gave me the scoop. I'm ready to go, Coach. But we might be on a we might be on a track of a rematch between Washington and Millwood in two way. What do you think tonight? What do you think, BA Scott? Norman got a chance. What do you think tomorrow night, Norman North? How are we feeling, Josh? I think uh, Norman has a great chance tonight. <laughs> And uh, I like Norman North to win tomorrow. Key for them will be, can they pressure Bender, the uh, Edmund North quarterback, which they should be able to. That uh, that group up front, Isaac Morgan, Garrison Utley, you know, his brother, his older brother's committed to Kansas, uh, Harrison Utley. And Garrison Utley's having a ter- tremendous season. He's really come on here late. And then uh, Finn Smith, that trio, if they can get home, then then I like uh, Norman North's chances. And offensively, they've they've been doing some really good things. I don't know if you know this. Go ahead. Mason James is a sophomore for Norman North, just picked up an OU offer. He plank is really, really talented. He's got a chance to be potentially down the road a great sooner. That's awesome news. That's awesome news. Yeah, it's the uh, it's my annual trip to the OSSAA website to look at all the brackets and see who's where. But I am uh, I'm excited for the playoffs. I love the high school football season. Uh, you know, as Pop used to always say, it's one of my favorite things that he ever brought up after week one of the college football season or the NFL season. He'd walk in, he's like, ah, 
season's almost over. You're like, oh, come on. Then all of a sudden you blink and it's like, well, here's playoffs. And uh, got three games left in the college football season. It flies. <laughs> yes. It flies, man. Good, good news is the NFL keeps stretching that schedule out. So I keep waiting for the NFL to be year-round. <laughs> I keep waiting for the NFL to be year-round. It pretty much is anymore with the news. And, yes, depending on the way the schedule looks, I heard from my man uh, Chris Rainey this morning. I will be at the roundabout. We're 1-0, Josh, whenever I showed up at the roundabout to send off the Washington Warriors. It was very cold that morning. Very, very cold. All right, so on Thursdays, we give you a little sneak peek of Coach's Corner. And sometimes we go a little bit more in-depth than we're contractually allowed to. So, Josh, you get to choose here. Do you want to start with Brandon Hall and some of the things we learned about the safeties and the defense? Or do you want to start with Emmett Jones and uh, the things we've learned about the wide receiver position? Let's let's hear from the offense. Let's okay. hear from Emmett Jones and those wide receivers. Well, don't you think the most important thing to ask Emmett Jones about would be the false start penalties? Why can we not operate a snap? Why, why can we not procedurally <laughs> operate here? Mm, good question. Good question. Here's what Coach Jones told us. Wait for it. Maybe. Where is it? Where is it? Why is it, why is it not playing? What just happened? Everything in the computer just broke, Josh. Oh, no. It's looking at me like I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, my goodness. You know what we're going to have to do? I'm probably going to have to send this to you, aren't I? Yeah, and we can make you really oh, don't see oh, wait, 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 hold no. on. There he is. There's Coach Jones. Was he Oh, muted? my God. My God, that's Emma Jones music. All right, here we go. You know, it's very frustrating because you really don't see it at practice, you know. Um, but if you don't see it at practice, you may see it somewhere else, you know. So I got to be better in that situation when I see it somewhere else, you know, being a student athlete, mm-hmm. being accountable, you know, on mm-hmm. a day-to-day basis. You know, so then you bring back those moments, you know. We always talk about the football guy in our room. You won't be rewarded the right way if you don't bless the game as from a holistic standpoint. And that was a huge conversation in our room yesterday, and uh, and I just sense any resistance from that, you know. So uh, we're just gonna focus on Monday today, you know, mm. see if we can be great uh, all the way around today, and then gonna try to build it up throughout the week. Um, I'm not seeing it in practice, so it confuses the heck out of me. Does that kind of, in a nutshell, get to what he's saying? He's like, I'm out there, I'm watching. It's like this never happens in practice. Why is it happening now? Yeah, and that's why I say. Look, with false starts especially, there's not a lot much more you can do there from a coaching standpoint. Guys understand you're not, suppo- you're not supposed to start before the snap, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you, can't, you can't fully simulate or recreate what it's going to be like, say, and not that these are the most raucous environments of all time, but you can, you can pump in some fake noise, right, at practice. But at the end of the day, Lawrence is going to be Lawrence. Stillwater is going to be Stillwater. And you count on guys to not let those environments affect them and to just do what they've been taught. Do you, okay, here's, here's one, more, one more thought on it, and then we'll move on. Is it a product of trying to go too fast? Not necessarily from the receiver running, but the offense. Is this... Again, it's, it's, it's a mistake that shouldn't happen, regardless of what you're doing offensively. The last person who should ever get an offsides penalty or an illegal motion penalty, which I found weird in that the uh, – and, and I'm, I know there's like this fine line in the rules, but at one point the official referred to it as offsides. 
maybe that was when Farouk had lined up illegally. I, but for the most part, it's illegal motion penalties, right? But, I, I mean, it should never happen. But can you say, hey, they got to take at least a millisecond to kind of chill and make sure everyone's lined up? I mean, is this a product of trying to go too fast? For illegal motions, yes. Okay. I, I think you could make that argument, absolutely. For not lining up correctly? Oh, boy. Uh, so there's there's Emmett Jones on the why with the illegal motion penalties. Now, I'm on two years running of wanting to see more of Jaden Gibson. And I've made this point a lot on this here very radio program. I am a big fan of Jaden Gibson. Not just what I think is his abilities, but also his personality, his energy. So I asked him and Jones about it, and here's I, – I basically asked it in a way, it's like, can I see more of Jaden Gibson? Here's what Coach said. And it's manageable. That's good. Uh, that's energy. one thing that I like about it because I, I like the fire in the playoffs like that, and I feed off of it, to be honest with you. But, I, you know, uh, I got to get – I need that out of him Monday through Thursday. Don't just wait till we get there, but I need that out of you Monday through Thursday. Uh, that's one thing we was talking about this morning. Say, yes, sir, Coach, just uh, great practice habits all week, every day mm-hmm. this week. You know, uh, he got to be ready to play, you know, because I think he can, he'll can he be a huge asset for us uh, this week also, too. So uh, he he's very active in the plan this week. So I'm excited about him. You know, I want to see him go up and be big and make some plays, and I trust him out there. He's going to be very active in the game plan this week, Josh. That's something you don't hear very often from a coach. Yeah, I mean, a full admission that, look, Gibson's going to play. We're going to get him some snaps, which the final three games of this season, to me, given the way the last couple of weeks have played out, Mm -hmm. is so much about how, uh, it's crazy to say for Oklahoma, but how much further along can this offense arrive? over the next three weeks, right? Like, what identity do they form over the next couple of weeks? And in that, okay, who's who's going to be around for the foreseeable future? We're talking about names like Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson at wide receiver. So, yeah, if Jaden Gibson goes out there and shows us some consistent flashes over the next three weeks and then obviously into the bowl game, would be really nice to end this season for OU. I'm putting Jaden Gibson in my spotlight based on that. I just, I think he's got a chance to be one of their more physical guys. He loves being on special teams. Loves it. I just, I think he's got a chance to have a big game this weekend. From my understanding of what West Virginia does, it's not, it's not like what they've seen in the secondary the last few weeks. It's a little different. But I think Jaden Gibson is a guy who has a chance to have a big game this weekend. And one more here from Emmett Jones. Uh, we talked about Drake Stoops and how Drake Stoops has grown and how you've seen his confidence grow, too. Hey, boy, he bought in from day one. You know, that, that was our first meeting. You know, he, Coach, how can, you, how can I get better? What are you going to do to enhance my game? You know, and I just want to – I wanted to teach him the position. You know, I wanted to teach him other ways to create separation. Uh, I wanted to teach him. I wanted to teach him 
how he can appear to be a fast player when he's not really trying to be a fast player. And he was he, he's pretty much a master of his craft. And I went back and showed old clips from some of the ex-guys. Our coach, he always watched and studied some of the best ones that was great route runners that understood the position. And then he just dove into those guys' game. And while he still researched other guys, like, you, you know, your Cooper Cup, we always talk about him. He's just, he's just trying to add that to his game. So I, I have to be great as a coach to find out ways to – how we being defended to get that stuff relayed to those guys. We got to rehearse it daily. Then once they once they see it and once they drill it and work on it on the practice field, the confidence goes sky high, especially for him. You know, the the one big pass he caught, um, the drill. You know, there was a drill that we worked to create that green grass. He said, Coach, I promise I dreamed about that all night last night. And it happened, Coach. I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you want your young receivers to hear, the, hear that also, too, because it helps to buy in. And it helps those guys really kind of dive in and being great. Pretty cool, huh? Dreamed pretty about cool. it. Dreamed about it, Coach. I dreamed about that yes, play. Yes, that's fun. I got one more here, and then we'll break. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, the defensive side of things because I, I I do think I've got a lot more Brandon Hall here than I do uh, Emmett Jones. But I do think we need to talk about Nick Anderson and what we've seen in a growth and from a growth perspective from Nick Anderson. Yep, it's the details like your Drake and your Andrea. Those are some of the guys that, you know, he, he patterned his game off of. And he's blessed with good DNA already, <laughs> you know. Uh, but from a fundamental standpoint, you know, he's right up there at the top when it comes to the room as far as how to play the position, understanding how to get off the line of scrimmage, playing with great body language, great pad level, and, uh, and, you know, and, and, and I told him last week, I said, your hands has improved so much, man. He said, Coach, I've been working on it. I said, I know you have. I see you behind the scenes. So uh, I just tried to get him past that moment last week to move forward because, you know, there's plenty of ball left. And uh, he's accepting coaching great also. Too. Uh, manipulation, uh, playing with great tempo, knowing how to, uh, when I need to be 3-4 speed, when I need to go full speed, telling the line my routes. Uh, setting the DB up just with great body language and, 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 and being great at playing with great pad level, dropping my weight and transitioning with power. And Nick always finishing. He always finished every catch, seeing that ball tucked with his eyes. And I just love that about his game. Uh, so just that situation last weekend up in Stillwater, don't phase me at all with him. You know, I'm expecting him to have a great week of practice this week. High praise from the coach. High praise from the coach. Uh, and I do think – I do think for Nick Anderson, Josh, I mean, he is he's that guy that just seems to have an unlimited upside with what he's able to do. There's little things to get better, staying healthy. But when I think about when I think about a one two punch going into the SEC that has the potential to be pretty special, I love the idea of Anderson on one side, Gibson on the other, and seeing Jaquez Petaway be able to do both. And a talented crop of freshmen that we just don't know anything about. Uh, Coming I mean, we, in, yep. we know a little bit, but, right, we haven't seen them here. So, yeah, no, it's exciting to think about. And you're not going to get super carried away with one one missed opportunity in Bedlam. Again, we keep talking about tight tight margins and not a lot of room for error. Obviously, you got to make those plays. But the other part of it is creating a little more room for error. And who knows, right, with Nick Anderson, you maybe get another shot if you don't have – couple yeah. of those turnovers that you did have. 
Good point. All right, quick break. When we come back, what did Brandon Hall have to say about the safeties and the overall defense? As we preview Coach's Corner, it airs tonight at 7 o'clock on the Sooner Radio Network. But you get a sneak peek right now, right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, we'll hit some of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line texts coming up here in just a moment. Just a moment, but I did have uh, I did have a few I, I wanted to get. Mark from Enid writes, got brought up how I'm an owner of three pigs now, Josh. Congratulations. Those, thank you. Wait till those pigs get to show weight. You'll love the feed bill. Thank you, Mark. Mark from Enid. <laughs> and then softball Steve writes, what are your kids going to say when they come home from school and the three little piggies are gone off to the market? Or are they pets? Uh, Steve, two of them are what I have come to be uh, told as mini pigs, not M-A-N-Y, M-I-N-I. And the other one is like a show pig. Uh, And then to make sure we get back to sports, three quick receiver points off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. From the 402. OU needs more wide receivers on the field and less tight ends. Stogg is a great guy and great teammate, but he just isn't a factor in the passing game. And in the last two games, he's become a liability blocking on the edge as well. What, uh, Josh? Let let me do a little look here at the amount of snaps for tight ends because I, I would agree with that. At this point, you know, I mean, that's a weakness for you. So there's just no point in running it out there on a regular basis. Agreed. Uh, while you look that up, two other quick ones. Um, too often our receivers are waiting on our coming back to a Dylan Gabriel long ball. JFA rifles it. Now, while I while I don't agree, I, I, let me rephrase that. While I don't disagree that Jackson Arnold has an incredible arm, you guys – there's a couple of those where Dylan's getting hit. Now, I don't, I, I'm not going to sit here and stand for Dylan Gabriel and say that he has a, a comparable arm to Jackson Arnold, but there's a lot of things that factor in, right? There's things that factor into it. So I agree with you, but you're not going to see a change. It's just not going to happen. How many snaps do you think Austin Stogner played? All right, now let me look, I, because I want to make sure that before we hit Brandon Hall here, what were the total number of plays for the offense? Was it like 72 or something like that? So I'm looking at pro football focuses numbers, and they've right. got 65 snaps. Oh, wow. As, I was way off. As the uh, top tops on the board. So 65 snaps where the five offensive linemen played all 65 snaps. I would say that we're at least, at least like 50, 55 with Stogner, right? How about 61? Wow. That is uh, – I, I would identify that as a bit of a failure of this coaching staff. Wow. It's a lot of snaps. It's a lot of snaps. And you also wonder – you also wonder, Josh, that's comparable to what Braden Willis was playing last year, but I think it's, it's fair to say that Braden Willis – evolved and developed as a much better blocker than what Stog has been. And, boy, Austin Stogner's had his moments, right? That UCF game, they they might not go down and 
have themselves in position to win that game if he's not doing the things he did in the run game. But unfortunately, it hasn't been consistent. All right. Wow, that's a wild number. I didn't – I mean, I knew it was high, but I didn't think it was that high. We talked to Brandon Hall, the Sooner Safeties coach, the Pride of Ada, about what he's seen defensively this year as opposed to last year. And while winning games is the most important thing, it's quite obvious you've seen an improvement. Why? What? Why? Well, it's the whole key for us to get better was to eliminate explosive plays. Um, and that's, you know, in, in a variety of ways. The main one being for us in the secondary, as we talk about all the time, is tackling. Um, that's something that has improved immensely. was not there on the first drive, but after that I thought we tackled well. Um, struggled early against Kansas last week, but then we, we in the second half, tackled well. And so um, we just have to eliminate explosives. You know, we gave up a lot of those last year in uh, what we call pre-snap mistakes where we're not aligned correctly or there was just a bust. Uh, and we've limited those. We're forcing people to throw outside the hashes, and, and uh, when guys do catch the ball, we're, we're making sure that they don't get yards after contact. There's explosive plays that are going to happen, right? Your hope is that it's not a communication issue or an absolute bust. And I would say we've had a couple of those. The UCF play, which was a trick play, is one. You know, Iowa State had a couple, but the dudes collided with each other. And then it, I, I'm still trying to figure out one of the touchdown passes by by Iowa State. Um, Oklahoma State had a few. I, Oklahoma State was like death by a thousand little butter knife cuts, it felt at times on Saturday. It's been worse the last few weeks, but I feel like as a whole, Josh, is it fair to say they've been better eliminating explosive plays? Seems that way, yeah. I mean, they just got off to a slow start in the mm-hmm. in the Bedlam game. And then after that, defensive, defensively, they were very good in the second sure. half. Very good. We asked Brandon Hall with Danny Stutzman out, that communication in the secondary. And, and again, even with Danny Stutzman in, that secondary communication has to be on point. I'll tell you what, you know, and you guys spoke uh, – spoke earlier about the number of young guys that played and and uh, a lot of your communication comes from you know understanding uh, you know body language as much as anything and so when you start rotating some some newer guys in there um, that takes on a little bit more of a challenge um, we've really harped on that coach Venables is honest about it all the time on the players about it all the time and um, you know it's 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 improved immensely but at the same time it, you, you've always got to understand your audience and when you rotate a new guy in that hasn't played as much, you know, heck, he's just trying to, he's just trying to get lined up. And uh, that's something that, you know, I've talked to Billy about. I said, man, you're, like it or not, you're the old man on the field now. And you have to understand that you know probably more than most of the other guys that are rotating in and out. And you have to take it upon yourself to make sure that those guys understand the check or whatever we're trying to do in that moment. And uh, it's something he's still, you know, trying to do. You know, obviously in the age of no huddle and tempo, it's a little tougher. But he's definitely focusing on trying to be better at that. Mm. Speaking of Billy Bowman, wait for it. Uh, you know, he just he's confident. You know, he's very comfortable um, with adjustments. Um, does a really good job of, of communicating with uh, the other players. Um, sees, sees things before they happen. You know, he's, he's taking his game to the next level as far as now he knows the defensive scheme, but now he's able to look at the formation or the Great scheme example. that the offense is, is running and able to dissect really quickly what they're trying to do. And it helps you to make plays, you know. Anticipation is key. 
he tries to make every play, and sometimes that's good, sometimes that's also bad. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, going back to last year, I'm just like, man, you have these elite quickness. His short area quickness is some of the best I've ever seen. And so, getting him to be patient and play everything high to low um, has increased his interception total. You go back to last year; I mean, he dropped like three. Uh, if he'd only been two or three yards deeper, he would have picked off easily. So, that, I think that's been a lot of his growth. Can I get uh, one more here from Brandon Hall? Josh, do we Please. have time? I yeah, think we're good. Let's do it. Let's. I wanted to hear about Peyton Bowen. Um, oh, here we go. Peyton Bowen's development, and obviously he's a guy that's been dinged, right? He's had an ankle injury the last few weeks. But? He's got a quiet toughness about him. What people don't understand, he's never missed a practice. Wow. Not one day of practice. He's not set out a practice. And, uh, you know, sometimes he's, he's so quiet that sometimes you take that as – him either not being in the moment or him not understanding, but he hears everything that's said. Um, he's turned the page so far, as, you know, so to speak, as far as like he's getting better. He's on the uptrend. He'll play this week. He'll play well. I, he'll he'll start playing more and more. Um, my job as a coach is to make sure that I put him in there in, in in a position and at a time where I know that he can be successful. And uh, towards the end of the week last week, I started to see the old Peyton Bowen as far as his ability to plant, stick, and drive. And uh, he'll be 100% this week with game time. There you go. Well, that's huge news. They, they've been big time missing him. There you go. 100% this weekend for Peyton Bowen. And I think you're going to see him a lot. Unless there's a setback or that took place this week in practice that we don't know about, I think you're going to see him a lot. I think that's good. All right, quick break to the text line next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. One final time in hour number two. We're back with you. This is the Plank Show right here, home of Sooner fans. He, ladies and gentlemen, he is Chris Plank. I'm Josh Elmer hanging out with you. Hour number two, presented by Allison Insurance. Check out Bob and Robert Allison where they can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Allison Insurance. They've been helping you and your family for over 60 years. Online, allisoninsurance.com. Number to call, 405-745-2968. A bunch from all of you on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. As always, 405-651-3439. On the Austin Stogner snaps conversation i was i was raising the eyebrows a little bit at 61 <laughs> yeah. snaps out of a, a potential 65 last week versus oklahoma state from the 405 stock stogner is like a sixth offensive lineman they use him a lot on that insert play and then from the 918 as well stog is needed out there for the run game if stog isn't out there then one the run game's non-existent and two you're telegraphing this is a pass play it's mm, a good point I just or just uh, run the football out of football. full wide receiver sets <laughs> yeah. and get Stogner off the field. You're not a big buyer into of that, are you? Well, I mean, I, I no, I understand the argument. No, oh, yeah, if yeah, yeah. if you eliminate Stogner's snap count, right? If you you whittle it down a little bit and you do come out and throw every single time, okay, well now you're predictable. But you can still run out of shotgun. I mean, you you don't have to be predictable if you pivot the uh, the approach a little bit. Hmm. Here's one that concerned me a little bit from the 405. OU's last ever meetings: Kansas State lost, Baylor lost, Tech lost, Kansas lost, Oklahoma State lost. Then a question mark next to West Virginia and TCU. What? You're not going to include the win over Iowa State there? Win Come on. Iowa State. <laughs> 
yeah, of the remaining eight, that's a, that's a nice little kind of brag that they'll have over Oklahoma forever. That is the most depressing text we've received this week. <laughs> Hands down. Which, if I were to take Oklahoma State out of the mix, just looking through that, which of the Big 12 holdovers do you think Oklahoma would likely play again in football? If I'm taking OSU out of the mix. Because I do think we all feel at some point Bedlam is going to be played again. I don't think they're going to play any of these teams again outside of a, a bowl game meeting. I, I Really, I, I don't see out-of-conference series with any of these teams. I'd like to see – I mean, for me, being from Kansas, look, I'd, I'd like to see Oklahoma at some point play Kansas State again or sure. KU, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're right. Especially with how much is set up in the future. And inevitably, the SEC is going to go to a nine-game schedule. It's not going to be at eight, right? It's not going to be at eight forever. Inevitably, it's going to a nine-game schedule. Well, and the Joe Castiglione scheduling philosophy has been, I'm going to give you one, I'm going to give you a marquee date in the non-con. And with respect to all of these programs, none of those schools are Ohio State or USC or on and on and on, right? Insert out-of-conference opponent that is a blue-blood type brand, which has been the OUMO from a scheduling philosophy. Now, we do know Houston's on the schedule next year, and then Oklahoma's going to H-Town in 2028. But I'm referring more to the eight teams that are remaining in the Big 12. And the Sooners, you know, you think about the future non-con schedule, right? Temple, Houston, Tulane next year, Maine was added, right, because they needed a fourth. But they're set with three and 25 with Illinois State and Michigan, and then they're going to Temple, which I think is going to be played at the home of the Eagles. Uh, 2026 is UTEP. They're going to the big house and then New Mexico. There's a need for a non-con opponent in 27, 28, 29, and 30. But I also think those are years when they're playing some good teams in the non-con, or at least, you know, 29 and 30 is. My mind, by the way, won't let me think that far in the future. Sorry. But, yeah, I, I... I don't know if that's a case that we'll see any of them anytime soon. Top five stories of the day next. Stick around.